for the best. Access solutions for independent living. Choose. Abbey. Mobility. 18. Acorn Business Campus. Marne Industrial Park. Blackrock. Cork. Hello, good evening, and welcome to All That Matters. This is the centenary of the signing of the treaty that gave us independence from British rule. It is also the centenary of the War of Independence. To commemorate this, a, a small short documentary was created by Morris Deneen in association with Cork City Council. The short film highlights the effects of War of Independence on one particular family. The name of this film is The Man in the Uniform. So I'd like to welcome Morris Deneen. Good evening, Morris, and how are you? Hi, uh, uh, Eugene. Thanks for asking me to do this podcast with you. Now, Morris, tell me, what was it enticed you to actually create this film? Um, well, I would be kind of creative anyway uh, with other everything I kind of do, I, I'd be kind of creative on it. I did um, a kind of a documentary film um, last year um, to honour Joe Murphy, who died three hours after um, Terence McSweeney. And not many people know, knew who Joe Murphy was, so um, that's why I kind of got into it. And, and with all the research and all that, um, it just opened your mind with all the history that's involved in, in my area and in Cork City, um, because in the, in the the War of Independence and this civil war, like a lot of stuff would have happened around the area that I live in. And it just, I just have an interest in, in history in general anyway. So <clears throat> that led me then when that went out, I did that for the city council as well. And when that went out, uh, a person rang me who asked me, would I take on um, the job of writing about the RAC? Now, I wouldn't, that's not, you know, the REC have this big taboo subject that you don't, if you don't talk about, you don't, uh, but because he planted a seed in my head and I can't mention the man now because he asked me not to say who, who he is because obviously the whole controversy around the REC. So for weeks and weeks and weeks, it was going around my head, will I do it, won't I do it? And then I started researching and I, I came across this story. It's a true story um, about James O'Donoghue who was a sergeant in the REC and was an ordinary Joe Soap. He just did it for the pension and he, he was just um, doing it for his family. And um, so then I just went and started writing notes and writing different scenes in my head and writing them on bits of paper. And um, so that's where that idea actually came from. It, it's, it's not something that I was rushing to, to write about the REC. Um, but when I started delving into it more and seeing this this one particular man's story and his family story, I said, you know, it's like it's like Joe Murphy. I got haunted, haunted and possessed by these people. So if they, I felt that they needed a story told, and that's why I kind of went to the city Cork City Council and applied for funding under their commemoration um, uh, scheme, and I was lucky enough to get get money to 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 put this whole film together, and. To be fair, like it's a human story, and that's what when the person asked me to do it, he said that after watching the Joe Murphy story, that I will make a human story out of out of this story, and I hopefully that's what came across in the film when when you got to see it last Sunday. 
Yeah, you know, I actually made it my business to see this film. My experience with microphones in, in our way there. And I got to see this film. And I looked at it. And to be honest about it, it like war, there's always innocent victims in war. But yeah. you went in that bit deeper in the sense that you went into the psycho the psychological side of it as well, in the sense that like you see the effects it had on a family. So what I'm going to do is, for our viewers, I'm just going to put it up here. She's not mom anymore. Without him, she's only half the person. My father was a good man. He didn't hate the rebels and he didn't worship the British. When people asked him what side he was on, he would always say he was an Irishman. And he was an Irishman. Right, so um, <coughs> Right, so Morris. What? It's a bit what? They're moving. The that that scene you actually saw, you picked out the the, the the final scene in it and the, the most harrowing part of it, like because it's a yeah, true story. That, that's what so, it, yeah, that's so what like, I did do most because I actually felt like that's the part that pulled it on it. Because when we were speaking on the phone, yeah, you actually kind of um towards you could see the psychological effects it had on people. And yeah. to be honest about it, that's what I felt. Now to be the other side of it, Morris, is this, right? Look, I know it was a small cast film and yeah. things like that, but there was a big background of people behind this. There was a big team. Is there anyone, as you can name who the actors were and your backroom team as well? Just okay, give them a well, shout out to anyway. I will, to, thank, to, to, to answer your question about that scene, in particular that the, the scene where the mother, Margaret, was um, was crying at the at the bed there and when um when Lily who played um Marie um like what you don't see in the film we we discovered that after the film was made that Margaret um James died on the 17th of November 1920 and in the records um Margaret died before the year was finished so she within six weeks of that uh, of, of James being shot she died as well so I left it, her two kids, um, Sean and Lil, um, Marie, um, parentless, orphans. So they were actually shipped down to Killarney to stay with family and, and things like that. So, like, it is sad. It affected, like, war is not black and white. Like, all RAC weren't, weren't bad. And that's what I was trying to portray, Eugene, in, in, the, in the film. That, I will that, that, that they weren't all, all bad. And, and they weren't, to be fair to me. Now, a lot of more, you know what I mean? Let's get that straight. A lot of more, but the minority of them would have been not not that uh, not that bad. They were sympathisers. They were Irish Catholics who took a job just for the sake of having a job. Like as he said in the in the film, his his um his brother was a priest. His other brother was a doctor who died. His sisters were nuns and um, nurses. So it, 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 he came. Is trying to get a job, and it was just a policeman, and like it was a very popular, common job back then. Like so, um, so he took it. So anyway, <clears throat> the whole production, right, is like yeah, I come up with all these weird ideas, and and I, I they annoy me, and I keep writing them down. But there's a team behind 
um, each production that we did, like My Unsung Hero and The Man in the Uniform, I used exactly the same um, team around us, by the actors, obviously, there was different actors. So <clears throat> who I'd like to really thank, right? And I think she doesn't get the recognition that she deserves, right? When we wrote um, My Unsung Hero, Elizabeth Scanlon was 17 years of age. Now to actually write something as, you know, as as good as what she wrote at 17 years of age is not, it's just not, you know, it's, it's rare, like. And then when it came to the, the man in the uniform, should there was no one else I was going to ever ask to, to write. Like, she, Elizabeth gets my, she gets what's inside my brain for some reason and all my notes and all that, and she can actually come back. And like everything you heard on the man in the uniform was written by Elizabeth Scanlon, a 19 year old girl who didn't even do history in school. She just became, got a love of history from our researching of the, the two films that we did. Um, so she needs the recognition that she deserves because like at 19 years of age, and <laughs> fairness, that's, it takes an awful lot to, to, to write stuff like that. Now the next, she's the first person that I would always contact. Can I say something about you? Can I say yeah. about Elizabeth Scanlon there? Scanlon, Scanlon, isn't it? Actually, Scanlon. when you think about, what's it called? Scanlon. Everyone gets her name wrong, spelled wrong. It's S-C-A-N-L-A-N, not O-N. Scanlon. So, Scanlon, yeah. Yeah, I'd say there's a lot of talent there in that girl. There's oh, massively. But no matter what she does, like, yeah, she plays the guitar, she plays the concertina, she plays the tin whistle, and she plays them very, very, very well. No matter what she does, um, she does, she excels in it. In her leaving cert, no, I'm not going to say what point she got. We were actually in the middle of writing um, the man in the uniform, and her leaving cert come out. Like she's, she got points to go up to. She's up in Galway, doing a, a course up there in 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 Galway University. But like she just, she's just amazing. She's so quiet. Like she was obviously supposed to be coming on here with me tonight, um, but she just she's very quiet and she's not into this this kind of stuff. I'm not either, by the way, but she's definitely not into this stuff. But she does her her stuff behind the scenes. I remember her dad. She must have been about 13 years of age, and I met her dad. I know her dad very well, and uh, he said I'm a bit worried there about um, about Elizabeth. And I said, why? What's the story? Like, and he said she went into her bedroom when she finished first year or second year or whatever for her summer holidays. And she went into her bedroom and she didn't come out for the whole summer. And when she did come out, well, she came out for her dinner and tea and all that, but when yeah. she did eventually come out to go back to school, she had this amazing script that she entered into competitions and stuff like that. And, and she got really, you know, she got on very well in them. So she has a, a talent that, you know, she she needs to be recognised for, for the stuff that she does. Like, she, she'll go under the radar the whole time because she that's just Elizabeth. She's just very, very quiet. Then the next person who, like, we'd be tuning and fro and then with the, with the, the script, she'd send it back on to me. I'd say, change this part, change this scene. I'd send it back to her. She rearranges the whole thing, sends it back again. And I think we got to a four, four scripts in this one, but she only changed very little because we, we knew exactly from doing the, My Unsung Hero what way we were going to approach this one. So when, when we were happy with the, the script, then my next port call is, I have to say, the amazing... Catherine Mahan Buckley. Now, Catherine Mahan Buckley is known for her pantos in The Everyman and her running the CAD at Performing Arts inside um, Pine Street in Cork. Um, but Catherine is another person who, who kind of gets, gets what's inside my, my, my brain. And when we bring her the script, um, we read it, 
we reread it. She has a fierce vision as well as herself. So as she's reading it, she can see what we're trying to, what we're doing. Like, and when we were doing the filming, like Catherine is there and like Catherine is the boss. Like I know I come up with ideas and I do all that, but Catherine is the boss when we're in her surroundings and you do, you know, that's just the way it is. And you see her eye when she, we like, when we were filming, we were inside a different room with a television. So we're seeing what's, what's, what she saw um, while the film's gone on. But like, she's just so sharp. Like I couldn't, I couldn't ask for a better director and I couldn't praise her enough uh, for what she does. And like, I know I can be annoying and you know, cause I was under time scale. Nature, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, but I was under a time scale with Cork City Council in fairness, they were funding it. So I had all this thing going on in my head as well, but she gets it and she went off and done her work and let me do and Elizabeth do what we had to do. But like, I don't think I'd, I would do other projects without Catherine and without Elizabeth. And then our next uh, person is Chris Cullen. He's from Epic Productions on there on McCourton Street. He just he done all the filming and the the editing of the of the film and all that. And his his buddy is uh, Dave Horgan. He done all the sound, the lighting, and things like that. Like it's just it's ama- an amazing team. And when we when we do get into the the set to do the filming, it's just everyone it runs like clockwork because we have it all prepared. We know exactly what everyone is doing. And as I say, Catherine is the boss. When this, when that part happens, no, you don't um, you don't overspeak. If you need to speak to the cameraman, say if you don't like something, you say it to Catherine, and she she rectifies it because yeah, her eye yeah, is yeah, so she'd engage with the cameraman, yeah, yeah. Like a lot of people know Catherine for um, her pantos, not up, but there's an, an amount of other talent that Catherine has. Um, like she has, as I say, a savage eye for for talent and, and things like that. And like she would brought she would have brought on um, Epic Productions because they work closely together with all the other work that Catherine does. Um, so then I'd have to obviously thank the, the actors because only oh, for them. Like, like Without them, it wouldn't be a film, would it? No, no, definitely not. Like they, Patrick Cox, Jara Sullivan, and uh, Lily Harry Murphy, like they brought the film. They brought what was in my head, Elizabeth's head, and Catherine's head to the four, like they made the, the yeah. film. Um, like uh, Padder, he just became James. Like there's no, when he, when we brought um, the uniforms and stuff like that, I'll speak about who, who the uniforms, you know. Um, when he brought, brought the uniform and he put it on, he actually, just, we can see it in front of us, he just became James O'Sullivan. Or James he absorbed it, I never seen that. And in his accent, now his father is from Kerry and he's a native, um, well, Goran, he's he speaks the language and all that, but he just became. Not only did he become James O'Donoghue, he became an RAC, an RAC sergeant, which was which was very weird watching him transform to a quiet padder to this confident um, sergeant in the RAC. Um, Jar O'Sullivan, who who asked me there about the, the scene you showed me that she was crying up in her bedroom, like she would have been involved as well with the. The Joe Murphy, my unsung hero story. Uh, you don't see her; she's one of the voices in the background. No, she lives very close to where I live, and um, I just think she's she's amazing. And like, there was no other person like myself and Catherine and Elizabeth. We kind of wanted uh, Jer to, to do the to play that part, and then Catherine again with her skill picked out Lily, play Marie, and uh, you know, I like I, I just hope that people get. I'm I'm not an not an RIC fan by any stretch of the, yeah. the imagination. Yeah. But I just, I 
like when a man asked me to do to do it, he he said that I would bring a human story, a human connection to the the story. And I think that with the team, it's not just me, like the Scrum Crawford ideas, but the team that was behind me made the that come across on the screen. That um, like he invited us into his house, and he he told us like <clears throat> I don't know if you did you get the the, the concept of the clock. Like it was the last yes, three hours. I was wondering about that all the time. Yeah. What so was that was the a big thing behind the clock. Right, this, this, it was the last three hours of his life. So it started about three o'clock or four of three when he came home for his lunch. And then at every scene, instead of a, a, a bad lull, we showed a picture of a clock and it's ticking behind the sink. So um, we had quarters four, quarters five. It just gave people to, to know that I, 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 we were going to put up on the on the start of the film. That this is the last year, or so you definitely got the the clock idea. But and then at six o'clock, because he was killed at six o'clock, um, so that was why you heard you see the clock, then you see Margaret knitting or yeah, the Angelus, yeah, yeah, and then the Angelus coming, yeah, and then mm. you heard the gunshots, and then Lily runs in, and all hell breaks loose. So um, I could just try to make it as as human as we possibly could. Um, and not offend anyone. We didn't want to offend yeah. anyone at all. Well, can I say something now, dear Morris? Like, that's the one thing I got from it, right? That it actually, as I look, in every ward there's innocent victims, but there's also, like, the psychological suffering in war as well. And everybody is affected by war somewhere. Oh, yeah. like, on both sides. You know what I mean? And it actually, you actually, you actually portray that through that lady who was playing his wife, what did you say her name was again? Margaret? Uh, Jara Sullivan is, is her name. Jara Sullivan. Margaret yeah. is the wife's name. Yeah, Jara Sullivan. Yeah, yeah, Jara yeah, Sullivan. Yeah. No, and she portrayed that part very, very well. Two other people I need to thank because without them, there will be no uniforms, no uh, costumes, and all this. Adam Duggan and Noel McCarthy from Act One Military Service. They supply all the, 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 the costumes, the uniforms, the artifacts from that era. And you know, like over the, since since nineteen twenty uh, since twenty sixteen, I've been doing a lot of reenactment stuff um, for different groups and stuff like that. And I'd always ask uh, Adam and Noel to jump on board, and they always get dressed up, and uh, they have all the guns. You know what I mean? And it just looks it looks the part. Like when we were doing the the Joe Murphy, we went into Joe Murphy's original house. There's a family living in there now. Gary Stanton is living in there, and he was kindly enough to leave us go into the house, and um, the we done a reenactment as it was in back in uh, 1920 when Joe Murphy was arrested. So like it was people stopping their cars, taking pictures, <laughs> looking. We, we had fellas dressed as black and tans, RAC, and the auxiliaries. So they were dragging for Joe Murphy out of his uh, <coughs> out of his house, and uh, the mother was screaming and the whole lot. Like, so <coughs> it's um like as I say, Eugene, it's it's a team effort. Like when I start the stuff, I pick out all the different people. And I pick them because I trust them. And I don't have to be on top of their cases all the time. I know what they're good at. They know what they're good at. And they just go off and, and do what they have to do. But the other, like the other people we have to, I have to thank in this is, is the Cork City Council. And yeah. two, yeah. Peop two people in particular, um, Paul Moynihan and Nikki Carroll and um, Marianne Meehan. Who, Marianne who, yeah, I was talking who, to Marianne there previously. Yeah, yeah. so they, they're really... Um, like without them, I wouldn't have got the funding, um, and I wouldn't have, uh, I wouldn't have been able to put this whole thing together. So, a massive 
thank you to the to Cork City Council because only for them we, we wouldn't have the man in the uniform or my unsung hero. So a, a big massive thank you to them. Now, I often ask people at the very end is this, that time will come when we will pass on to what we call or being taught, being taught or whatever the case may be, that there is another life. Now, yeah. if this film, the man in the uniform, or the other one actually you, you made. Um, my own song here, yeah. Your own song here, that's the one, yeah. Did not get the Oscar award in this out. But it did go forward and it got to inside the Golden Gates, the Pearly Gates, whatever they want to call them. Who would you like to show this film to? And if in the event somebody opens their envelope and says the winner is, who's that person you'd like to get to do that? Well, Man uh, in the uniform. Um, there's one person I've been thinking about all week. Now I could name in loads of famous people that I idolise and are all dead and gone and all that. But the one person who's been playing in my mind and I would love to have got the opportunity to sit with him and show him would be my father, my dad. Um, he gave instilled my love for history into me. Um, we used to go to graveyards and stuff like that, and he'd always tell me stories and got my. my he de definitely instilled the, the my passion for history in, inside me. Um, like I've done so much. He died in uh, the 19th of January in 2000, and I I've done so much <laughs> in, in since in that uh, 21 years that I would just give anything to sit down on a, on a, a park bench with him for just a half an hour and show him. I'd say he would be over the moon. I'm proud of uh, the man in the uniform and my unsung hero. So the man I would love to show this movie to is my, my father. Okay. Right. Before I say good, good evening to you, Morris, I'm just going to say to our viewers out there and those who will actually be listening to this on the audio cast as well, that if you have not seen this film and you get a chance, the link to it will actually be at the end of this, right? So there's no more I can say only that you've been a marvellous guest, Morris, and I thank you for taking the time Thanks for, for coming, for sitting in and taking part in all that matters. So I wish you continued success and also your team that has produced other films with you as well. Yeah. And I hope to hear your name coming up in the not too distant future for some Hopefully. other great works. So good night. God bless. Thank you. Take care. Thanks. And let's be careful out there. For the best, access solutions for independent living. Choose Abbey, Mobility, 18, Acorn Business Campus, Marne Industrial Park, Blackrock, Cork. Yeah.